0: Hello, cryptid-loving listeners. As a friendly reminder from us here at the Don't Touch My Sasquatch podcast, we frequently make crude jokes, sprinkle our sentences with naughty words, and discuss mature content.
1: Most of which may not be appropriate for all age groups. Listener discretion is advised. Now please enjoy.
0: It is speculated that it utilized rotating magnetic fields to achieve such travel. Just like most dildos. Um, huh? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) i throwing something at you.
1: That was great. uh, (laughs) Is it? Huh? (laughs) We're going squatching. We're going squatching, bitches. Welcome back to the new digs. For all you uh, video listeners, this is Don't Touch My Sasquatch podcast. We are your hosts. I am
0: Yashua. And I continue to be Lenon. (laughs) (laughs) We explore
1: controversial topics with energy and a good laugh. We're two guys that have a love and passion for these topics, things you may have heard of but don't know the full story of yet. We're here to tell you those stories. We're going to share our opinions and then we're going to let you come to your own conclusions one last time. We'll do the research so you don't have to. Keep your mind open to the possibility of things they just may not be as they appear.
0: Possibly. Maybe.
1: Throughout history. Fuck me. (laughs) Throughout our childhood, there are TV shows that help shape our interests, our sense of humor, our values, and even our dreams. Growing up, we all had that show that we eagerly waited for every week. For Lennon and I, one of those shows is Ancient Aliens, and because of this, we decided to dedicate a series revolving around it. The concept of this series is that we each pick an episode and discuss the theories and questions wrote answers <laughs> that the ancient astronaut theorist, theorists have. Questions like, were hidden messages left throughout history to help guide us into our future? And did extraterrestrials time travel throughout our history to advance humanity? Well, sit back, enjoy, as we dive into the 8th installment of Ancient Aliens. Yeah, that's Fucking the last time. That
0: volume th- 8. Volume 8. We're, we're moving up. <laughs> moving on up. <laughs> By the way, I want to apologize. My distraction didn't mean to distract you.
1: (laughs) Well, you're very much in my view now. I know.
0: Uh, Your (laughs) volume and channel buttons are like waved, and I thought my eyes were glitching out really hardcore for a second there. I'm like, what the
1: fuck? For all you audio listeners, I'm going to look out for you right now. We got a new podcast studio with a TV, and he's looking at my remote.
0: (laughs) New digs. Still putting it together, but it's workable right now. It's it's functional and <laughs> Except looks for your very chair. wonderful. <laughs> Most of it's functional. Yeah. Uh, I am using a dining room chair right now because <coughs> uh, some fat guy squished my old chair and I got stuck in the lowest <laughs> position. Some fat guy <laughs> s- squished my old chair. Some fat guy. Oh, God. Bastard. Um,
1: yeah, it's yeah, great, so though. This
0: this good. Honestly, I don't mind this chair because... My ADD's not kicking it, and I'm not, like, spinning around and shit. We could always leave it. It's not terrible. I kind of get a little lounging going here. I guess. We'll see how it goes. We'll I'll, s- I'll see you by the end of this episode if my ass hurts. And Patreon. Yeah, Patreon today. We'll figure it out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah for you uh, video listeners, welcome to the new digs. Welcome. Still got some uh, put-together to do and a little bit of sound absorption to put up because... Uh, Whoa, hello, hello. <laughs> see, I mean, it's an echo. It's
0: all good. Audio engineers got it. He does. I, know. I hear he does good work.
1: He does great work. But on that note, mm-hmm. we're going to get started. My episode that I chose was season nine, episode seven, called Alien Messages. Okay. And in this episode, man, I have, I can, I got room. I can, <laughs> <laughs> I can express. Mean, you can't really see it on the main cam. And it's touching the table, so every time I move, it's moving the camera. Awesome. In this episode, we are going to explore the possibilities of messages being concealed inside of ancient texts, symbols, and structures that might have been left by extraterrestrial beings. Woo! Spooky. (laughs) We're going to start this episode at the Arecibo Observatory in Puerto Rico, Mm. November 16th, 1974.
0: I'm not even going to ask because I'm thinking I'll see it in a minute here. Go ahead (laughs) SETI, the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence,
1: aimed their world's largest telescope at a cluster of stars 25,000 light years away to send a transmission out consisting of binary numbers with a message to inform other potential intelligent life of our existence. They used binary code because it's the simplest around. Seth Shostak not sure if that's how you say his name. That's how it's
0: spelled. your stack.
1: <laughs> yeah. He's wrecked up. <laughs> he's excited about this episode. As am I. He says, listen, we're trying to send a message to the aliens. And because we don't know anything about them, we need to make this as obvious as possible. Great. <laughs> Binary code. Yeah. Ones and zeros. Ones and zeros. <laughs> ones and twos and zeros. No twos. No twos. <laughs> The message, I'm
0: in presentation. We're a little something like this. <laughs> that sounded like an actual song. <laughs> Great minds think alike.
1: <laughs> uh, the message was called the AerosiBo Code. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Here's one. laughs> yeah. I, I gave you a lot to look at here, buddy. I'm very excited. It, oh, I've it seen Details, this. all seen of seen it. This. Yeah, but I, I figured I'd do this one. Um, de- anyways, I'm getting off topic. Didn't this I'm get crop circled mm-hmm. one time? If you just be patient, all right, (laughs) (laughs) the Arecibo Code is one we have briefly discussed back in episode 42, Crop Circles. Check it out on YouTube, check it out in Back History, check it out on Patreon on our backlog, so on and so forth. The message consists of, from top to bottom, for you YouTube uh, viewers and Patreon viewers, teaching the extraterrestrials, the ABCs at the top, and then he says, well, not the ABCs, but one, two, three is from one to ten. Okay. So why'd you say ABCs then? Yeah. Like that's it's, it's, <laughs> uh, that's it. <laughs> Below that are the atomic numbers for the elements that make up our human bodies. They didn't go much into into the each piece between the well actually they did, because each one is the atomic. Mm-hmm. I I digress. Skip that nope. Uh, <clears throat> let me resude. Underneath that, they also include information about our DNA and a human figure, a graphic of our solar system, and a graphic of a radio telescope Mm -hmm. on there. Almost 27 years later, an answer appeared to be written in a field. We're going to travel to Hampshire, England, August 2001. A field next to the Chibolton Observatory two crop circles huh. uh, appeared. Uh, sorry. <sighs> a field next to the Chipotle observ- Observatory, two crop circle, two crop formations appeared. Jesus, Josh. They were both pixelated, meaning they, that you were unable to tell what they are from the ground and you needed to look from above to see the messages encoded. One of the formation was just that of a face. Uh, I didn't, That because I also should probably do that. Uh, Sorry about that. It's okay. (laughs) The other was identical to what the Arecibo Observatory sent out in 1974. There were subtle differences, though, and they seemed to imply an answer to the original message. Mm. The humanoid figure in the field seemed to resemble that of an alien figure with a large head and a small body, much of that like the grays. There was a c- different solar system, and it had a different DNA sequence. Uh, was the one? Was this one brilliant hoax or a return message from the original message sent out 27 years prior? Mm-hmm. Uh, they they asked the question. We have the answer. I mean, I think it, it's pretty obvious, but I don't know. Bell like sound. <laughs> Bell sound. <laughs> flashback to 42. <laughs> Uh, transmission closing bell sound. <laughs> <laughs> was it sent to tell us we were on the right track and communicating with the universal language of binary, binary code? Binary code was created in the 17th century by seven. I'm so sorry, not created. Uh, binary code was credited to a 17th century German mathematician Gottfried Leibniz. Leibniz is said to have. Credited his inspiration Mm -hmm. to a five thousand year old Chinese text called *I Ching*, which is an ancient oracle code used to communicate divine guidance. Mm -hmm. The I, sorry, I knew I was going to do that because the I is an E. The *I Ching* Mm -hmm. is a sort of cryptic inscription that you're supposed to decipher. The numerical, the numerical symbols are values, and they are tied to a semi, semi mythical figure known as Fushi, who is perhaps the earliest legendary ruler of China. I want you to describe this, Mother Trucker, for the audio listeners. All right, all right, all right. While I
0: take a drink. Imagine Bigfoot works at a factory. Now, <laughs> this is a factory in, like, the 80s and 90s. Now... He gets shit on all day at work, so he comes home and he shits on his family with a case of beer <laughs> <laughs> and a TV dinner in front of his TV. I mean, that beard isn't full. His eyes are very feminine. He's definitely older in his years, and he's lost a bit of his hair. It's like the Sasquatch <laughs> yeah. balding. He's got balding hair, um, feminine eyes, the and other a thing really is, bad beard. Um, he's secretly in the closet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's got a little bit of... Look, he's got a, he's got got a little bunch. bit of the, the rabbit from B in him. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you can call me Flower if you want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good Lord.
0: What the Just... voice is? The... <laughs> he's <laughs> a handsome fella. <laughs> he's sexy. Uh, he, he fucked my chair up. <laughs> <laughs> he probably did. He's staring right at you.
1: Oh, Lordy. <laughs> Giorgio makes his uh, appearance. The history of... I'm sorry. The history or origin of the I, I Ching is interesting because it is said that the knowledge was imparted on Fuxi by an otherworldly being. Mm-hmm. That's it. Thank you. According to ancient Chinese myth, Fuxi lived in 3000 BC. He and his sister were the lone survivors of a great flood. And together, they repopulated the Earth. I was hoping it <laughs> was going there. Let's not think about that too much, folks. Um, I'm wrap it up and move on. <laughs> yep. It was said that one day, while he was on the Yellow River, a water dragon appeared to him, and on its back was revealed to him the eight triagram. This would be the foundation... I don't know where I put the eight triagram. Um... Anyways, this would be the foundation. I lost it. I, I lost it. <laughs> and where are you? Eight trigram. I unfortunately didn't include it. Sorry. <clears throat> okay. I looked it up and never included it. A trigram. This would be the foundation for the I Ching. The eight trigram is made up of a series of broken and unbroken lines. Mm-hmm a distinct binary code. Was this an attempt by the extraterrestrials to set up a common communication language with mankind? Could it be? Maybe. May 2014, Washington, D.C. NASA researchers and SETI scientists published a manual enlisting archaeologists and anthropologists in the search for extraterrestrial communication. The document was titled Archaeology, Anthropology, and Interstellar Communication, and it was a 300-page document document, book, whatever you want to call it. Pamphlet. <laughs> this outlines other potential forms of communication outside of binary code that scientists would deem as an attempt at communication from extraterrestrials. Mm-hmm. They singled out in the document rock art and carvings, including the Neolithic petroglyph of North Cumberland, England. Oh, she... <laughs> Okay, sorry. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) I was making sure. I'm not used to the presentation mode thing. Okay. North Cumberland, England. Where am I? Where the fuck are you? There you are. Okay. Montage of similar rock carvings around the world. Mm -hmm. I I don't have the montage. (laughs) Sorry. You're
0: describing what was happening.
1: (laughs) It was about 2 a.m. last night when I was putting this slideshow together, and obviously I missed a slide or two. Sorry. Shit happens. Giorgio returns. I think that we have a start. Nope. I think that we have to start looking at these symbols and asking how they originated and from where. Let's travel now to Roswell, New Mexico, September 4th, 2004. Just 11 miles from the Roswell crash site, Robert Ridge came across a small triangular-shaped rock I pushed the wrong button. Hey, thank you. Well. Small triangular shaped rock sticking out of the sand. <laughs> That's the most circle was, triangle I've <laughs> ever seen. Well, it's it's <laughs> kind of triangular. It was a singular color. Unlock the unlike the other rocks around. Uh, the the color was unlike any of the other rocks yeah. around. It's not the it same. Looks like anything. a fossil. It's not the same rock. It's not the same makeup. It's all different, total mm-hmm. different, yeah. And a head of design not etched into it, but protruding out of it. Mm-hmm. The Roswell rock is about one point five inches thick and two inches wide. It sounds like my Saturday night. Oh, just girthy. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's just a stub. They called me stubby. <laughs> <laughs> and has circles and crescents as etched into it. Oh God, not crescent! Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> forever tainted. And Robert is convinced that this is a message. <clears throat> while examining it, uh, while examining it, he discovers that the rock is magnetic. But the more peculiar thing about this design is that it was found nearly five thousand miles away in the England crop circle back in. 1996, eight years before the rock's discovery, which has led many to believe that this is just a man-made replica of that crop circle. Mm -hmm. But when looking at it and when looking at it, comparing it to a sandblasted replica of the rock, I don't have, under a microscope, you can see the distinct difference in clarity and smoothness of the lines and protrusions. Mm -hmm. It's very... Let me go back to the rock. It's very... Similar. Well, if you look at the lines and how, like, perfect they are, they almost look like they're maybe laser cut or something. Sure. But the rest of the rock would have been cut around it. Yeah. Because it's protruding out. Right. Well, the sandblasted one was just not... It was rounded. It wasn't, like, a sharp edge. A uniform. I got you. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So it was just like a a hump.
0: That was a... (laughs) Hump. (laughs) (laughs) Pop filter's gonna be doing his job. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. mean just a hump. It's um, it's a it's like laser etched. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> you ever seen those um those laser cut like uh um, metal pieces that they fit like exactly perfect oh, into looks so each other? Oh,
1: beautiful too. No seams. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: It, it would it have to be something similar to that kind of Maybe. I mean, intense level of of cutting. Yeah. I mean, there's replicas of it, but not
1: of that actual rock. Right, but it, it is magnetic too, so it like spins, so it have to be a magnetic rock too, mm-hmm.
0: but well, did you hear that they did figure out what that was? No. It's actually a, a BOGO coupon for Marshino's. Mm.
1: <laughs> you is a coupon. It's a coupon. It's a coupon. It's very cool. <laughs> well, some believe. <clears throat> oh, that's uh, Sorry, everybody around me. Like a neighbor here, neighbor here. <clears throat> Let me try this again. Yeah. Some believe, like Linda Bolton Howe. <laughs> they had to bring her name up. Every episode, (laughs) I do. Some believe, like Lyndon Moulton Howe, that there's a message encoded into the rock. Mm -hmm. They believe that extraterrestrials that made the crop circle also made this rock and put it near the Roswell crash site to get us curious and asking the right questions. (laughs) Breadcrumbs here and breadcrumbs there that bring us closer and closer (laughs) to the truth. Does this rock and crop circle formation... Tell us something important about our future. Maybe even a date at which these extraterrestrials visitors plan on returning. Well, we'll never answer that question, so we're going to go to (laughs) Nazca, Peru. (laughs) Drats! Classic. We're going to go to Nazca, Peru. There are a series of glyphics, glyphic formations That are made on a scale that can only be seen from the sky. The Nazca Lines. Mm -hmm. And they have mystified people since the early 1920s. Mm -hmm. They are known as the Nazca Lines. Some depict animals, others plants, and some even depict what look like humans. These were not made to be observed from the ground by us mere mortals, but in the sky Mm -hmm. by the gods. But a hundred miles to the north lies thousands of
0: holes.
1: (laughs) Thousands of holes in various dimensions and depths that were dug in a mountain range. They are in a pattern running north and south for almost two miles and are known as the band of holes. Like the Nazca Lines, these holes can only be appreciated from the sky.
0: I've, I've never heard or seen this. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. This is uh, I haven't
1: either. Uh, but it's in lo- Yeah, as you can see, it's long a mountain range. Yeah. And it's just a shit ton of
0: holes in a line for two miles. How oh, and why? And what the fuck? That's crazy. I can't wait to hear what they have to say. <clears throat> but, yeah, that's no, weird.
1: No, I'm no, sorry. I lost no, my No, you're good. I got to do the highlighting thing now that I'm... I don't know why... I, With the full screen, I'm losing my spot more. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, great. It's going to go good for me. (laughs) Some believe it was a machine running over the area or a systematic mining operation. Others believe it was looters looking for treasures. But ancient astronaut theorists believe that it is a message because none of the other explanations make any sense to them. They're thinking binary code type of deal. I think the other ones make more sense. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what kind of message it is, but let's, let's check it out. They believe it is a message that can also be found nearly 6,000 miles away, northwest coast of France. Here lies an arrangement of 3,000 megalithic megalithic rocks that stretch over two miles as well, and they are known as the Karnak stones. They are multiple avenues of stones, some standing at 30 to 40 feet tall, going over hills, and no one can figure out uh, what their purpose was mm-hmm. or is. Ancient astronaut theorists believe that the clue to figuring out what these two locations mean can be found by examining them side by side.
0: <gasps>
1: now, they both run approximately two miles long. They are both run roughly eight holes or eight rocks wide. And when viewed from above, they lay out these two sites, sorry, not the layout. The layout of these two sites is very similar. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't find a picture that I could use, I should say, of the whole, like, long one. No, yeah, yeah, head. I can, um, I the, can hey. make it
0: not So, uh... I I mean, it's, not like it, it's not like it's, like, a perfect match.
1: No. no. Well, I can only get the end section. The middle section really is eight rocks wide, and this is eight holes yeah, um, wide, but the um, ends are, for some reason, more...
0: Oh, um, it's all right. No, I'm familiar with those. Um, how it looks complete because the last Ancient Aliens episode I did was covering that.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, it yeah. was.
0: But yeah, no, I know what you mean.
1: Well, the layout of these two sites is very similar. Is there a connection between these two sites, almost six thousand miles apart? No. <laughs> ah, well, maybe. Ancient astronaut theorists believe so, and they point to the fact that you, if you look at the stones at Karnak you can see interesting alignments and that they actually duplicate. You ready for this? Oh, here we go. The Pythagorean theorem.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Triangular. Triangular, not theorem. Triangle. Almost 3,000 years before Pythagoras allegedly invented the Pythagorean triangle. Now, I want to point out... um, that they chose random rocks and connected them in overlapping triangles mm-hmm. with no rhyme or reason to uh, get their point across here. Yeah. I, I don't really know what rocks they're connecting up top. Uh, I, I don't know what they're connecting at all, honestly. Yeah, there's, it's real. Uh, yeah. They got names Because the
0: bulk of this stuff is.
1: <laughs> yeah, they got
0: names, but I really don't know. It falls nowhere in, in the triangle. <laughs> well, it's in the triangle, yeah. but nowhere important.
1: <laughs> so I was kind of confused. How, and, and by the way. You can connect these points any way you fucking want. Yeah. Triangular, rectangular, hell,
0: a pentagram. You could do that. I've close. Heard, Look, it, mean, it's close. You could even possibly do a parallelogram. Hell. You possibly. Could, you can almost do a square. You can't do a square. It's a funky square. It's a funky one. It's a, funky a rhombus. Square.
1: Either way, I just wanted to point out that it's they, a rhomboidal figure. They, they
0: might be stretching here.
1: And I like that this bottom point here, if you look at it. There's not even a point. <laughs> <There's, I didn't laughs> they're, just like, that.
0: they're just like, like, yeah, that's a spot right there. If there was one here in the past, this is where it would have been. Clearly. <laughs> it just runs through everything. And if you <laughs> notice that that is the only one that makes a perfect right angle to make that triangle that they're talking about.
1: Yes, that's true. <laughs> the the point that's not there. The other two are there. just triangles. <laughs> yeah. I love this show. <laughs> I do, too. Well, that sold it for me. They then throw up a section of Carnac stones and draw a bunch of mathematical-looking lines to further this claim that that. these were built by someone that had technology that is far exceeding the technology that we even have today. Yeah, lines. It's true. We can't dig five to six thousand holes in a mountainside or (laughs) stick rocks in the ground in
0: lines. I don't fucking get it. You're right. Not a goddamn line makes any lick of sense.
1: I can I can see how they got maybe the circles. That's about it. Not the big one. Yeah, I mean, there's kind of curved right there, curved right there. <clears throat> but okay. I want to point out that what section of the Carnac stones is this? Like, did they just delete all the rest of them? Like, these are the ones we want to focus on. Yeah. Anyways, that's
0: that not, but why?
1: <laughs> well, because it's. Ancient aliens, man. Yeah. Sometimes they make goofy connections, and sometimes they make sense. This is one of the goofy connections. (laughs) It is. (laughs) Now, ancient astronaut theorists believe that these are, in fact, all messages and that the proof can be found in the pudding. In the Bible. (laughs) I thought you were going to say the Bible. I was like, damn, you got it. (laughs) I have it. We are now traveling to London, England, 1971. Author John Michelle unearths evidence of a numerical and geometrical ancient code seemingly embedded in the sacred stones of ancient Egypt and also in the plans of New Jerusalem. Mm. He carefully examined the physical description of New Jerusalem um, in Revelations 21. He uncovered a sacred design. At the core of Michel's diagram is the squaring of the circle and the division of the circle into equal sectors. A zodiac wheel and the positioning of 12 gates to the heavenly city, three each side of the square representing the 12 tribes of Israel. Mm. All went over my head. There's the picture of it. Yep. That's supposed to be uh, the New Jerusalem. <laughs> <laughs> there it is, folks.
0: We give you New Jerusalem. <laughs> there it is. So uh Shit.
1: well he claimed that this would be how the New Jerusalem the New Jerusalem, sorry, how mm-hmm. New Jerusalem would be built in the future, and that if not if, and that it was all encoded in Revelations in a mathematical, geometrical way. Mm-hmm. He proposed that this sacred geometry that this, this sacred geometry represents the order of the universe, and ancient astronaut theorists suggest that the same geometrical concepts can be found at... We're going back to Nazca, Peru, okay? Hey,
0: jumping around. Just jump around. Jump, jump, jump around. around. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: We don't bounce. Anyways, yeah. the Nazca line known as...
0: Nazca line.
1: The Nazca line known as the Sun, Star, and Cross is the strangest and most mathematically accurate of all the Nazca lines. It is precisely formed, star polygram made of two squares surrounding a perfect circle, all sharing the same center and diameter inside the grid. Same diameter. Inside the grid, there's two sentences, are wheels within wheels and squares within squares. The design mirrors New Jerusalem's sacred geometry. It is also very obvious what it is called a mandala. From ancient India or Tibet, what the Mandela, what is a Mandela glyph doing in a remote desert in Peru, though? Mm-hmm. Giorgio points out that it is interesting to note that viewed from the sky, it is very similar to the layout of the temples of Bora Badur. Bora Badur lies 11,000 miles west of Nazca in Indonesia and is laid out in a series of circles within a platform square. Which one of us is taking off? <laughs> that'd be you it has to be because it's when I'm talking I do not have Bora Borobudur because I I missed that in my note sorry mm-hmm. um, but it is pretty similar to what this diagram is it's pretty cool
0: mm-hmm. uh, <coughs> side note real quick side tangent little side tangent I got thinking about it when you were first talking about Nazca lines um, did you hear recently about you know those protesters that like destroy all this crazy stuff or important stuff did you hear what they did they destroyed Nazca no NASCA?
1: They didn't, did they? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. What's the point?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> One of us vibrated <laughs> violently.
1: Oh, that was the tablet.
0: Um. Yeah.
1: Okay, I turned the vibration but off the tablet. Sorry. I was
0: looking it up real quick just to see what they had done, but um, I can't remember. But uh, but yeah, they. I mean, they apologized to the people of Peru. Thanks, but yeah, it's like when they keep throwing the paint and shit on the artwork and everything. I like, don't what's get the fucking why. point? Ha, fuck artwork. Ha, yeah. fuck the history. We don't want to learn. Right, but yeah, they did some of that to the NASCAR lines. Fucked it up.
1: I'm not a huge um,
0: history buff, as you know,
1: but I'm not going to go around destroying it. Yeah. For some point they're trying to make. Exactly. What that is, other than their giant dicks, and I don't mean the ones in their pants. Well, they don't have those. Well, some do. They're not giant, is all I'm trying to say. They look like fucking grubs. Anyways, Easter Island, Pacific Ocean, almost 2,000 miles off the coast of Chile. Easter Island is home to nearly 900 megalithic structures that are carved out of volcanic rock in the shape of big-headed people. Yes, they are. (laughs) Yes, they are. They're cool. Now we move back to Peru, to Machu Picchu. Uh And once again, they move. 10,742 miles away to Mahanodaro, Pakistan. Yeah. Which is a site that ancient astronaut theorists believe a nuclear explosion happened in the distant past. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. These three sites fall in a straight line along the center of the round Earth. (laughs) This line also, with a slight margin of error, (laughs) runs through many other... Mysterious ancient sites. You got the Giza Plateau, got the Nazca Lines. Mm-hmm. You have Angkor Wat in Cambodia, just to name a few. This Angkor cannot- Wat's cool. Yeah.
0: Like dead serious, it is a cool place.
1: I can't remember which one that was. They were shooting a lot of shit at me.
0: Yeah.
1: Anyways, this cannot be an accident or coincidence, they exclaim. How is it that so many important sites across the globe seem to follow this line? Mm-hmm. What can explain this coincidence? Georgio? has the answer, as always. Always. This is bizarre because only people capable of flight, or at least being able to look at maps, would be able to do such a thing. Could it be because some of these points could, in fact, be places where our ancient ancestors came into contact with extraterrestrials?
0: I don't know. Maybe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> ancient astronaut theorists also say the evidence of extraterrestrial intervention can be found... By looking at how early how early humans aligned their most important sites with the stars.
0: That, that yeah, that one. I was, I was hoping you get it.
1: <laughs> That's the one. For example, the Giza Plateau in Egypt, the pyramids align exactly with Orion, the belt stars of Orion, mm-hmm. the ancient city of Teotihuacan in Mexico, and the Hopi villages in the American Southwest. And the Thornbow hedges, Thornborough hedges in northern England, all also align perfectly with the belt stars of Orion. Mm -hmm. Now, David Wilcock, sorry, that's the end of the presentation. David Wilcock says that it's time for us to responsibly take a look at what we're really seeing and understand that there's a worldwide, intelligent, highly mathematical, precise plan behind these designs. Mm -hmm. It could be true, actually. He's not wrong are the curious locations and alignments of ancient sacred sites actually meant to serve as a sort of communication? And was it purpose was its purpose to leave behind a hidden message for future generations to discover? Ancient astronaut theorists believe yes. And they believe that a message was also left in our bodies.
0: Oh, ways.
1: <laughs> but this is interesting. Okay. The University of Cambridge in we're going to the University of Cambridge, England. Uh, in March 1953. American biologist James Watson and English physicist Francis Crick discovered the three-dimensional double helix shape of DNA. Mm-hmm. This was a great step forward to unraveling the mystery of mankind's origins. Our genetic code is so complex that Francis Crick suggested that it didn't happen by chance. And that it is not of this earth. Mm. He's the physicist by the way. Yeah. Their research suggests that our DNA is billions of years old and that we were seeded from the stars. Is it possible that DNA is an intelligently designed code? If so, may there be even more information embedded in our genetic makeup that scientists have yet to find? Well, I'm going to leave you with a final thought from the actual scientist,
0: an actual scientist. Mm-hmm.
1: I didn't write his name down. Fuck that guy. <laughs> the properties of DNA make it a unique storage device. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this in different episodes. Remember the rabbit?
0: Yep. Oh,
1: yeah. 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 it You can replicate the coding with the same information. Mm-hmm. Uh, that If you wanted to store a secret or stamp of the maker, DNA would be your choice. Last forever. Mm-hmm. So it's cool. It is cool. Um, would love to know. I don't have a oh 40 minutes. Okay. I was I don't have a timer anymore, you know <laughs> getting used to all this. Yeah. Um so yeah that was my episode. It's gorgeous. It was it was
0: pretty good. It's pretty good. was good. Pretty good. What did you do? Uh I didn't do a slideshow. But you don't need one. I don't need one. You don't need one. Fuck the slideshow. Ancient aliens I probably shouldn't do that. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Well, never, we're going to make noises. Um, so today's episode of Ancient Aliens episode takes a closer look into evidence from our past of the theory that extraterrestrials might actually be time travels. Or better yet, that they might be human time travelers. I've heard of this. I like it. This is a good one. We open up with Bern, Switzerland, September sixteenth, nineteen oh
1: five. Where's Bern, Switzerland?
0: Uh, Switzerland, ah, perfect. <laughs> Albert Einstein publishes his theory of relativity. The theory posits that space and time are one in the same. I like it. Do you know? <laughs> Do you know his equation for that? Um, B, C, D, <laughs> oh, squared. Yes. <laughs> Uh, His theory revolutionized Newton's previous standing claims that the two are separate, wherein space is a solid container and time is an unstoppable flow. Ah, I thought you were going to say force. No. But now Einstein opened the doors that both of these things, space and time, are malleable and can be controlled or utilized. I like that. Such as when approaching the speed of light, time will slow for you and only you. Hmm. Now, when Hitler and the Nazi party took over in 1933. Oh, Albert, we're going to Nazis, baby. We're going Nazis. <laughs> Sorry. We're going to fight them. Not, not like, I am oh, so excited God. by that. <laughs> like we're, I just love history. <laughs> I just love history. And this is a cool, wild, wacky thing. I just noticed in
1: our, our solo shots. At least mine, I can't see my mic.
0: It's pretty cool. Can't see
1: mine either. <laughs> oh,
0: you can see mine. It just blended in with my shirt. <laughs> we're good. Sorry. Anyway. Tangent. Tangent number seven. (laughs) When Hitler and the Nazi party took over in 1933, Albert Einstein fled to the United States where he warned the U.S. of the terrible horrors that might come if the Nazis gained access to advanced technologies. Now, in a hard left turn into a very solid brick wall at 80 miles an hour, the show then asks us if Einstein might have helped the Nazis build a time machine prior to his departure. There he is. (laughs) Sorry. I just... (laughs) I'm <laughs> just going along with you. I'm giving my own slideshow. Beautiful, grupo, are steel. That's Albert Einstein. He's like I got an idea here. <laughs> um, they went through to tell us about the cool things that he started, that he came up with, and mm-hmm. then they immediately slandered him and asked the question if he helped the Nazis build some shit. Oh, good lord! Yeah. Uh, this. Uh, uh yeah. No, maybe could be. Possibly. So, the show asks. Then asked if Einstein might have helped the Nazis build a time machine prior to his departure. This thread seems interesting. Let's keep pulling. In the Owl Mountains of Poland, the Nazis constructed seven underground bases for their secret project called... Die Glock.
1: Oh, I've heard of this.
0: Yes. Now, it is here that researchers believe between 1943 and 1945 the Nazi scientists constructed clandestine experiments to help them win the war. Spoiler alert, it didn't work. It didn't? Um, No. Thank God. The most debated and most controversial of their developments centered around (laughs) D-Glock. It's D-I-E. Oh. And then Glock has an E at the end. There she is. There it is. Right, the purple. The Glock bell. Well, you just said the bell bell. (laughs) Huh?
1: (laughs) Well, that's what it said. It says de Glock Bell. Yeah.
0: That's the Oh,
1: the bell is parts. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's and, the de de Glock.
0: Um, for you English-speaking listeners, you know who you are. De Glock means the bell. Oh, I didn't know this. The device they supposedly developed was named this due to its shape, which resembled a large bell, obviously. It is theorized that this 9-foot-wide and 12-foot-tall bell-shaped capsule would allow them to time travel. It is speculated that it utilized rotating magnetic fields to achieve such travel. Just like most dildos. Um, huh? <laughs> Sorry. Is <laughs> <laughs> i thrown something at you? That was great. Oh. It was, uh, huh? <laughs> that was great. Sorry. The CGI animation that they gave us depicts a bell-shaped craft which chain with chains securing it to a structure as it spins and gyrates haphazardly. It's pretty much that purple one. Oh. That one you just had up.
1: I've seen the one, uh, the picture on the right that I just clicked on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With it's chains, it's spinning, and then there's like it's a like, circular thing. It's yeah. like
0: fucking everywhere. Yeah. But, um. Yeah, apparently they constructed it in their seven underground bases, one of their seven underground bases. Mm. Um. Time travel, fun. Which, who would have thought? <laughs> um. Now, Ooh. totally off
1: topic. It hit but, me, but also on topic. Do it. So you know the episode destination? Oh, an episode. I'm sorry. You know that I told you the series came back. Destination, yeah. truth or expedition? I can't remember which expedition. One was. Um, on Wednesdays. Yes, they did one on the Argentina. There's like a, a big fucking mansion. On the lake
0: in yes, Argentina. I watched I've that. seen
1: this one on, it was a different like hunting Hitler thing where they couldn't even go to it because they thought someone was living there.
0: That's not a new one. What? That's not a new one. What? That episode. Which one? The Expedition Unknown with the okay. mansion. Well, I, I, yeah.
1: I saw it for once and they found yes. like a, a German Nazi coin there. Uh-huh. Now, it's not saying Hitler was there, but obviously they it were was a Nazi.
0: very coin. predominantly in the area. Yeah. Um, and it was like right on the water and it was like the perfect lookout yep. yeah dude yeah. that um that whole episode was wild yeah
1: I just thought it I thought it was cool that it is I mean it's not cool that they got away but no
0: but that's the history stuff the history's fascinating history. something can be terribly tragic and yet fascinating to learn about
1: well history is a mystery mystery the present is a gift therefore um I'm gonna let you finish your your sentence, your episode, your topic, your... Go ahead.
0: Yes. So we should have just asked Werner Von Braun when he appeared on Disney after Operation Paperclip on... Disney? The man, Yeah, he did. I didn't know this. Yep. He was um, Operation Paperclip, one of the top ones. Um, but instead we found out about d in the old project. Uh, we found out... A, about it by Nazi General Jacob Sporenberg during an interrogation session by the Polish following the war. Now, when the Allies closed in on the research facility, the project leader and the device were nowhere to be found. Of course. Project leading scientist Hans Kammler... Uh, Gruber. Sorry. <laughs> ...had vanished and left behind four official stories of his death. Nobody knows what happened to him or Deglock.
1: Four official stories of his death?
0: Yeah, so... Not just one. He died four times. He didn't... Yes. So <laughs> I worded that poorly. He didn't leave, like, four stories and was like, I pick one. <laughs> but, yeah. like... Yeah. I like this one. This is very, like, demeaning. <laughs> yeah. From from his... Uh, from the end of the war and stuff, mm-hmm. um, and all the people that were interrogated and so on and so forth, four official stories of how he died... Gotcha. ...were just, uh, explained. So... Okay. So they not know the truth. Something fishy there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: A little fishy in here.
0: December enclosure close your legs? Oh. <laughs> December 9th, 1965. Yeah. A fireball is witnessed by thousands in the sky before seemingly crashing fireball. in Kecksburg, Pennsylvania. Ooh. It mili- was the clock. <laughs> <laughs> the military showed up immediately and kept everybody at a few miles arm's length away while they grabbed up everything that they could from the crash site and cleaned the area before then denying anything had happened at all. Hmm. But some descriptions of the fireball revealed it wasn't just a fireball. Uh Reported sightings described it as a bulbous, acorn-shaped object and like a bell. Hey, did
1: it have a Nazi symbol on it, though?
0: Um, No. That was a great song. I loved it. Thank you. Uh (laughs) It's actually me stubbing my toe.
1: I just realized Worthington is in every shot. Worthington (laughs) be Scotch. Yeah, I he re- is.
0: really re- got to get him a pipe. Good days, uh, pipe and a monocle. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, we got it in the double shot again. <laughs> you know,
0: yeah. Don't worry. I was going to do a hot. Yeah. Oh, you deal. know what I
1: forgot to do? I forgot to turn his cup on. Good Iron man. Good cup. stuff. Good yeah. stuff. Good coming out of on.
0: his dick. <laughs> I'm sorry. So anyway, yeah. Uh, it's described as a bulbous acorn-shaped object and like a bell. So.
1: Could See, it have been?
0: Annoying? Yeah. Would, was it? Was it Hans Gammler in deglac That'd be interesting. I don't know. Mm, connections. Does mystery. that also make it intrigue? A time traveling bell. bell. Possibly, but it's moving time and space. Well, they're one and the same.
1: Well, all right. The Earth is moving around the Sun. The Sun. And our whole solar system is moving in the galaxy.
0: I know it's And saying. the galaxy
1: yes. is moving in the whole so you have to take into account the fact that we're yes. moving.
0: You cannot time travel without teleportation. So
1: therefore One do you six. just get the damn thing
0: um
1: locations, coordinates wrong. If there are coordinates... I had no cloud works.
0: I'm not a scientist. Nor do we know if he actually did do that. That's he may have tripped and fell down the stairs running away and broke his fucking neck. They just didn't find him because it was in a sewer. Yeah. (laughs) Rat that he is. Yeah. Fucking disgusting. I mean, not all those scientists were that bad. I mean, they did horrible things. (laughs) i about not say, what are you talking about. (laughs) But a lot of them were forced to. Were they? And a lot of them, most of them were. I swear I was
1: forced to do this. Yeah.
0: I don't know. There was heroes and victims on everywhere. (laughs) I was
1: about to say, in every war and every culture. Yes.
0: Yes, 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 yes. Even us. (laughs) Villain. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I didn't mean us. Starting my villain arc. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. Chaco Canyon, New Mexico. It's a good transition. We catch up with Giorgio in his best action hero attire yet. Oh, the Indiana Jones outfit. Oh, my God. This dude. And- he's got the hat. He's got Damn. a scarf that goes down <laughs> below his waist, on, like I, towards his knees. I have not seen this. He's got a leather jacket on. Oh, my. He's got the so he's got the scarf wrapped around his neck, and then the tails of it are coming down underneath the leather jacket and they're hanging down by his knees, and he's got these like gray cargo shorts, their pants on, and he's got these like fucking military boots with like unlaced, his pants tucked in, and he's just like Giorgio, baby. <laughs> this is
1: young Giorgio. He's nice. the
0: fucking man. Look up Giorgio Chaco Canyon. We'll see if we can get anything out of this. But in the meantime, we catch up with Giorgio in this attire. At the site of the Anasazi people's ancient ruins. Here at the Plaza of Pueblo Bonito, Giorgio explains how this structure is a representation of our place in the universe and time and where it all began. Their use of elevation depicts us, the people above and the people below... All around the plane of the landscape around it, so they've taken this this terrain, and they've gotten uh, they've built elevated plateau on elevated plateau structures, and on the opposite of elevated plateaus, um, sunken. Yeah, uh, they've uh, built structures uh, canyons. And then, <laughs> sure, and then they built the structures on the landscape around it. So they used it to depict the people above us and the people below. As you know, above is below. Yeah, I mean, he's always draped up in the like his fashions. Look at him go! Look at him go! More power to—he's a good guy. <laughs> he's such a good dude. He, he is. Look at, he's wearing some kind of precious jewel, gemstone, <laughs> rock artifact around his neck. He's a damn Indiana Jones. He
1: makes me feel bad in this picture. He yeah. looks so sl-
0: like defeated. Hi, <laughs> it's me. <laughs> So anyway, researchers believe that they built their civilization with advanced knowledge of mathematics, astronomy, and engineering. Don't you say anything about the voice, crack? Okay, never mind. As always, the knowledge seemed too far-stretched for these people, so as always, it was created with the aid of advanced knowledge from outer space. Uh, An outside source, I should say. Gotcha. Nobody ever gives credit to the knowledge of the ancient world. Everybody always jumps to, nah, they were stupid. Yeah. It's always... They couldn't fucking do this. Nope. All right. Now, uh, they, Reese... Huh? They did
1: something, though. I mean, all these yeah. megalithic structures and mathematical yes. equations. and yep. They weren't fucking stupid.
0: No, no, they weren't. I, I even... Whether you believe I in saw, aliens
1: or not, they weren't dumb.
0: Yes. I <laughs> saw a video the other day that kind of explained in a way that I'd, I actually hadn't um, heard of before <laughs> how they were able to cut certain um rocks that everyone's like oh these are too hard to cut. Mm-hmm. Uh they were cut able to cut certain rocks with such precision. And the thing that people they were the the video was trying to explain was is that we underestimate the literal manpower and time it took. We think that mm-hmm. oh they cut this block today. Done. Oh. They cut a block in a fucking month and like they have the manpower to just keep fucking circulating it going, but what they had done was they took a regular saw or some kind of special saw mm-hmm. They got a line started on this block, and then they constantly sprinkled sand in there. Okay. And then they used the grit of the sand in conjunction with the saw, and they it, it just kept working it down, because apparently the different they've realized that the certain sand was um, the the crystalline the crystals in there were harder than that rock because you know there's okay. a hardness scale to rocks. Yes. So in order to cut a rocket level three, you have to cut a rocket with a rocket level six or okay. something. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. So, but that.
1: What about the hard rocks, like granite? Exactly,
0: it's mean, it's not a perfect answer, but right. it is an answer that Either I way, didn't think of before. Because some of those rocks are, are, yeah, some of those rocks are really hard.
1: Exactly, and they're so precisely like cut mm-hmm. that I don't think a saw could cut. Right, like, not saying it answers shit. all of it, but I know. yes, I'm just trying to give them credit to right. being even more. It is geniuses. definitely yeah. It's, however, they did it.
0: However, Uh it definitely was a laser though. <laughs>
1: Laser,
0: a laser gun. I
1: think we should put uh, a laser and attach it to a shark's head.
0: Freaking laser beams <laughs> on their head. <laughs> you got it. Now, researchers believe the answers to who helped them might be found in their ancient rituals. The Anasazi people believe in a multi-dimensional existence. I should say they believed um, because they existed between nine hundred and like eleven hundred eighty or something like Not that anymore. Yeah. They utilized what they called crystal stargazing oh, which was a ritual.
1: I was to say crystal meth. Oh,
0: no. <laughs> I mean, who knows what they were on? <laughs> um, which some say allowed them to time travel. Mm. Their glyphs depict what happened during their crystal stargazing sessions. They would see humanoid creatures, space, odd animal life, and everything in between. Even spiral galaxies, because, uh, as you'll find out in a second here, the glyphs, um, uh, with their depictions of all of this stuff, there was one that was like a circle, and a circle, and a circle, and a circle, and there was a line going through it. So, immediately, spiral galaxy. Right. I see Um, it. So, yeah, yeah. So, this is just some of their their glyphs here. But you see the weird animal life. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. you got a... well, that four-toed looks like a deer to me, right? But well, you know how they are; they're like, well, it has got
1: two tails?" <laughs> <laughs> or some idiot accidentally like rubbed up against it. I see the four-toed, like foot-looking thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just multiple four-toes ones.
1: Yes, they're hunting. There's a dude with an antlers.
0: Yes, keep that in mind. I want to talk. I want you to keep that in mind on this next one here. Okay. Their glyph depicts what happened during their crystal stargazing sessions. Humanoid creature, space. Uh, odd animal life. The Hopi mm-hmm. who are believed to have descended from the Anasazi believe that the quote-unquote ant people saved their people from the destruction of the universe. Hmm. These same similar ant people can be deciphered from the glyphs at the Chaco Canyon site. Okay. That is the antler thing. The antenna guy. Yeah, ant people. All right. And that that same ant man came from. Possibly. <laughs> Which I'm glad you talk about that. we got ant coming up again. <laughs> um, so they, uh, that ant being pops up in a few different glyphs that they, they showed. Um, these humanoid f- figures... Yeah, these humanoid fucks. <laughs> these humanoid fucks come from the sky in the Hopi legend and have up. protruding antennae from their head. Hmm. Similar to the Anunnaki in Samaria. You'll like this one. Similar to the Anunnaki in Samaria, the star beings came down from the sky and provided salvation from disaster by leading these people underground. In a strange coincidence, the hopi word for ant is Anu and the word for friend is Naki. Ant friend? Yes. Huh. And there's this I mean same, that's
1: totally different theory on Anunnaki though.
0: Yes, but and, and it's the same um same story of what they did coming down from the yeah. They come down from the sky and help them. Underground. Yeah. Aunt Naki, Aunt friend. It's very strange. It is. It's a very strange coincidence. I don't get how it all works together, but it's a strange coincidence.
1: They also are said to come from the star Naboo.
0: Naboo. Or, uh, isn't it Naboo? Tatooine.
1: No, 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 no. I, I'm actually talking about there's a like a planet that is supposedly...
0: Nibiru. Nibiru, thank you. Naboo is in <laughs> Star Wars. I know. I, <laughs> That's why I thought you you are kidding. You know what? I should have had my lightsaber up and I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> Which still might come up. I don't have a clue. We'll see. <laughs> um, now we're gonna jump to a completely different topic: the Mahabharata.
1: Oh, oh, god damn, we're good with the Mahabharata. Yeah, we are. We can say that word. We can't say easy uh, words, but <laughs> exactly.
0: The sacred Indian text, written in the eighth century BCE, tells the story. Tells of King Ravita, who, when he travels to the heavens to speak with the creator god Brahma. Ah, yes, I remember all this. Yeah, when he returned, he was hundreds of years in the future, <laughs> and this is hung. clear evidence of space and time travel. Clear evidence of it. In the Hebrew Maybe. Bible, prophet Jeremiah had a similar account of time travel. While chatting with some friends, Jeremiah turned to a young boy, atop not at the top, turned to a young boy named Abimelech and persuaded him to go out of Jerusalem and atop a hill to collect some figs for the group.
1: Oh, I love collecting figs.
0: And figs collection's is my favorite. Hello. I have a love of <laughs> figs. Hello. Hello. That's all, all I can say. Hello. Uh, now, once Abimelech got to the top of the hill, he grabbed the figs all up. And uh, with figs in hand, Abimelech felt the wind pick up, some strange noise, and then blacked out. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he did shit himself. But he blacked out. Okay. He regained consciousness and realized that some time had passed, and it was now almost evening.
1: Hmm.
0: So he ran back into the city, because he still got the figs for Jeremiah and the boys. Yeah. And he now finds that it is filled with soldiers and commotion. And Jeremiah <laughs> is no longer around. And he's nowhere to be found. Pleading for answers as to where Jeremiah is and what the fuck is going on, an old man speaks up and informs him that 62 years had passed since that day. He knew. He said, wait, I remember, remember you. You, you <laughs> motherfucker never run my figs.
1: I'm not fuck Jeremiah, bitch. but he was going to share them with me. <laughs> he, I, I were my figs. <laughs> Call me Fig. My name is Newton. <laughs> <laughs> God, I
0: wish I could put these in a semi- Passable del- treat that for everybody to eat.
1: Oh, they're so disgusting. I'm sorry.
0: They're okay for one. You can take one and be like, "Yeah, it's good. It's good." I'm fine if I never touch this for three years again. I can't even take one. Yeah. Now, another clear indication. Think Newton's people. <laughs> another clear <laughs> indication of time travel in the ancient words of religion. Now, we're getting into the science section here. Mm. In Switzerland, at the Large Hadron Collider. Ooh, I like this one. By accelerating protons at high speeds, colliding them together helps to unlock answers to the universe and matter as a whole. Mm-hmm. On December 13th, 2011, mm. the CERN mm-hmm. I Went ad lib there because I didn't write it. <laughs> On or, December 13, 2011, they announced findings as possible evidence of the Higgs boson or the God particle. Braxton Hicks. And that's a disease. Oh, the, God right. particle, that <laughs> <Hicks>. <laughs> the God particle. The God particle. Is that a disease? Oopsies. I moved the whole mic. Braxton Hicks. I thought that was. No, it's a disease. I
1: thought that was the, um, the, 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 the uh, fake contractions that pregnant women have.
0: Well, you are correct. (laughs) It is contractions are sporadic contractions and relaxation of the uterine muscle. (laughs) We don't have those. I don't. No. We're men. You don't have yours anymore. After your hysterectomy. (laughs) Not quite. I've never had one. No, 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 no. Uh,
1: That hysterectomy
0: happened in the womb. (laughs) (laughs) Now... The God particle is essentially the glue that weird, glue. <laughs> that <the> glue. <laughs> I said it like I had glue in my mouth. I mean <laughs> The God particle is essentially the glue that holds together. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I can't say it. The glue. <laughs> I can't say glue. Glue. <laughs> you just said it. Glue. It's a weird word. Glue. <clears throat> Blue it's, glue. God particle is essentially the glue that holds together the four believed forces of the universe, and the discovery of this particle will provide many answers to the understanding of the forces of nature. With the successful discovery of the theorized God particle, if you pull up the image here, Jamie, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Particle, nothing. With it, might come the discovery of the Higgs singlet. Particle that is believed to have the ability to travel between dimensions as well as time travel within our own dimension. Ooh, I would like that. It's very cool. The Higgs Hold singlet. On.
1: In other dimensions, too.
0: Yeah. So they're confirming there's
1: other dimensions. Yes, they are. Or they're saying. They're not confirming.
0: The, well, yeah. yeah. We know of three dimensions with uh, a proposed fourth dimension being time for I'm us. a fucking idiot. <laughs> 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 I love, I'm I love it. I'm thinking dimensions is like... Into the spider-verse. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Who's an idiot? There's three dimensions <laughs> at this table right now.
1: <laughs> no, there's four. Don't you see the one that's coming up?
0: You see different. Now... <laughs> But researchers suggest as many as 10 or 11 other dimensions that we do not know about or have the ex- ability to access yet. Mm. But subatomic dimensions. I'm might- you, it's the full screen, man. It is, too. It's kind of <laughs> a little weird. <laughs> Some subatomic dimensions might unlock interstellar and time travel. Think quantum realm and Atman. I like it. A theory pushed as an answer to how extraterrestrials travel across the universe and throughout mm. history. Yeah. In a flawless overlapping comparison, the Hadron Collider and the Aztec Calendar are overlaid on top of each other, and the similarities are eerily similar. Is this the answer to how they have Yes. Tra- have, absolutely. How they have traveled? 100%. Okay. Uh, That's my
1: calendar. I know. I just fucked up.
0: It's okay. It's okay. But same general concept. Gotcha. So it's literally the both are circular. Small circles... Big circles. They're circular. That's that's
1: it. <laughs> nice. That's literally it. Circles.
0: Uh, so I, the
1: Mayan calendar, too, then. I mean, boom.
0: Yeah, they, but they, they they made the overlap in comparison. They put one over top of the other, and they were like, that's it. Look at How did nobody get this before? Uh, with that uh, logic, I would like to propose the carrot is a penis. <laughs> the <laughs> it, carrot it, it's has it's always prone. been a penis. Right? <laughs> yeah, Prony's disease. Oh, that's why they use it. It's been... Now, let's travel to Roswell, New Mexico. Oh, we both go to Roswell. A brief introductory summary of the grays and the abduction phenomenon propels us into the final food for thought. Mm. We are the grays. This is a very interesting one. Their basic form is the same as us, minus the obvious features such as color, size, and, of course, eyes.
1: Basically everything, yeah, other than our,
0: like... same structure. Yeah. It's all similar, just... Like those three things. Mm-hmm. Now they seem to have an accurate depiction. They seem to be an accurate depiction of what the human race would evolve to look like if we'd become, and if we had become in the future a space traveling race. Mm-hmm. I don't disagree. This part is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've it, heard. Of, I've heard of. It's this very thing. fascinating to think that. That's our evolution. But we wouldn't uh,
1: need muscle because we're in space. We wouldn't need a lot of the stuff that they we need. need. Big eyes so we could see in the exactly
0: dark. Yeah. We wouldn't be around the sun to get mm-hmm. the, you know, yep. the color to our skin. Um, um, skin. <laughs> Let's see. But
1: most of the color of our skin comes from?
0: Vitamin D. Just kidding.
1: They just pigment. I almost said melatonin. <laughs> <laughs> nope.
0: <laughs> That's sleep. Yes. Uh yeah, but uh, this part's. Uh, mixed ranging. with blood too, though. Yeah, 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 Um, and then they lost me. Because the mm. Roswell crash, you're gonna love this. Oh. The Roswell crash happened close to the date of the Egyptian goddess Isis's birthday. We are urged to wonder if the alien bodies from the crash weren't time traveling ET. I do not Get the connection. Now, let me preface this and say that there was a section in there that I didn't end up writing on the uh, on Osiris and Isis, the two Egyptian gods, um, and how they just they just kind of BS their way through a little segment about how they're probably aliens.
1: I want you to say uh, what that first line says. On there the can text. be no
0: date given for the birth of Isis. <laughs> exactly. I don't get it. They literally said. Coincidentally, this is pretty much word for word. Said coincidentally, the Roswell crash happened around the same time as Isis's birthday. Never said like, oh, it happened a day before, which even that would be fucking. Who cares? But um, they were. No, no. They said that the crash happened around her birthday, and so it has to be related. Absolutely. But anyway,
1: I. You know what? It was around Osiris's birthday too. It could SETA have been. or SETI as well, mm-hmm. but not Zeus's. Not Zeus's. Zeus was um, December 6th. By
0: SETI, you mean the Center for Extraterrestrial? Mm, was it SETI? Set, set? Set. 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 My bad. okay. I'm like SETI. <laughs> I just didn't <laughs> the know. The <something> research. <laughs> yeah. um, it has a birthday, too. Yes. Uh, it's time for <coughs> Linda Moulton Howe appearance in the episode. All right. I told yeah. you we both get that. Woman. Yeah, uh, I didn't talk about her other than that I said LMH Appearance. <laughs> in capital no, that's letters. what I said. Um, a theory is posited that somewhere in the future, the greys which we became, become are somehow no longer able to procreate, thus the need to travel back in time to when mankind could and make of the sexy time. <laughs> make of
1: the sexy time. <laughs>
0: well, so they're genitalists. Is that what they're kind of That's what they're proposing. They're proposing that somehow in the future they have... We lose our, our... Our ability to procreate. Okay. But do we go to the bathroom still? Do we? Well, it might not be the ability to procreate as much as the need for it. If they, mm. like... Well, if there's they're no just need like, for it, then why would they go back and do it with us? No need to do it physically. Maybe it's not, like, a physical pleasure thing for them, but maybe so, more so. I'm thinking, like, they're growing, you know, in It will always be a physical pleasure for me. <laughs> Ladies. <laughs> So, this would explain all of the hybrid and sex-related abductions. Now, we leave you with these final thoughts mm. that actually are kind of like, hmm. Uh, I told
1: you, sometimes I do
0: have those. Yes. We are proposed grays. Just not the grays yet. We okay. become a time, a space-traveling yep. yep. race mm. and possibly a time-traveling race. It would be okay. very interesting. <laughs> um, and also, Roswell was a birthday party that got too wild. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) they really loved the Egyptian goddess Isis. They apparently did. So they got fucking hammered, and they (laughs) DWI'd (laughs) their fucking UFO under Roswell. Isis
1: was an alien.
0: Yeah, supposedly. Remember,
1: all these gods were an alien. Therefore, they were just celebrating their ancient sisters. That's right, sister. Oh. Um, Birth of, you know, the year. Of the month and date. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Oh, yes. Because <laughs> there's, there's no
0: birthday for her. But yeah, so that was my episode. Love ancient aliens as always. We make fun of it, but I fucking love that show.
1: because uh, they do have some points. They do have some they points. Do.
0: And sometimes they're out there so in, are fun.
1: In a forty three to forty four minute episode, we have about four minutes of good points and forty minutes of ha, ha,
0: ha, what the fuck?
1: Science. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But on that bombshell and our new digs Lennon throw them to our first outro of wow. the main episode
0: you never you did oh never mind that was final thoughts you gotta say it yeah yeah never mind Come well now. ladies and gentlemen and squashes once again thank you so much for listening to the don't touch my sasquash podcast if you're enjoying our show and want to show some love hop over to our patreon where you can dive into a treasure trove of exclusive bonus content and explore the multitude of perks we offer to our supporters explore our website where a mystery is mysterious merch awaits Pair it with our patreon membership for a special discount on your purchase because who doesn't love the good combo deal i was gonna give it like let's oh, fucking I, I,
1: we have that in the front of the fucking
0: you looked at it all episode and
1: never said a damn thing about it
0: Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or send us an email at dtscast at gmail.com. We are always thrilled to hear from our incredible listeners. Sure are. For a visual treat, check out our YouTube channel where Josh crafts some incredible video editions of our episodes and check out the new studio. In progress. In progress, in progress, in progress. Don't forget to hit the like button and subscribe to our channel. Links to everything can be found in our show notes. Yeah. And hey... While you're listening, why not drop us a stellar five-star rating? Your support fuels our growth, ensuring even more fantastic content for your ears. Thank you for being part of our mysterious entity union, is the old one. Thank yeah. you for being. Thank you for being part of our cryptid UFO and spirit seekers coalition. Until our next encounter, keep exploring. Remember to oh, I gotta figure it out. Stay curious. Be vigilant and don't touch my Sasquatch.
1: Don't do it. He's flying over Roswell right now. Ah, shit. He crashed. Definitely got all three. Definitely got it. (laughs) Got it. You
0: sure did. Got it. Got it. it. All right, 23 minutes into my presentation.
1: We still haven't gotten the first slide past.
0: Sweet. Sponsored by Monster Energy.
1: Let the beast out. (laughs) Ah.
0: If you have a presentation, yeah.
1: You never do a presentation, but if you did, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna fuck myself. <laughs>
0: Sweet. Oh my god, this is awesome. This is legit. All right, are you nervous?
1: <laughs> it's it's kind of scary. Well, Capitan. am ready whenever you are, you I am. kick this bitch off, don't I? Hey,
0: look at that! Like, <laughs> Just close, no, your, don't eyes. Look. close <laughs> your eyes. Close your eyes.
1: Close them. Close them. Look away, child. <laughs> I didn't put it.
0: In. <coughs> I'm fire. How's it going? Back to Fushi. <laughs> ah, ah. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. He could be true.
1: I mean, he could be accurate. I mean, could be. Are are the are researchability? Yes. You know what? I forgot. The other one.
0: Yeah. We're just gonna
1: have to do it this way. <laughs> I'm on the camera. That's a nice finger.
0: <laughs> that's a good finger. by Okay. Now I need to figure out which is which. Do they have labels? No. Um, silver. Silver is your S22.
1: Thank you. Oh, that's... You. You. Guess what, though? It's time to end the audio. Three, two... You can call me Flower if you want. <laughs>